Hello and welcome to another episode of the Road Coach Podcast, the show where I share what I've learned from years of living on the road through research and experimentation so that if you're like me and you live on the road, hopefully you're not only surviving but thriving even when you're out of your element. And today I wanted to talk about something that uh, I've been looking into a lot lately and it's potassium, my potassium intake. Uh, I noticed that uh, as I was sort of reviewing my diet over the past couple of months, every single day I seem to be below the recommended intake in potassium, no matter what I ate. Um, and I don't tend to eat a lot of carbs per se, um, although I'll eat lots of fruits and vegetables, but I don't, I don't typically eat like a lot of starchy carbs like potatoes, for example. Um, and I was trying to figure out why I was so low in potassium at the end of every single day and what it could potentially be doing to me to not figure out how to get the recommended daily allowance of potassium. Um, so I did a little bit of research um, and tried to figure out how I tweaked this for myself. And so if you're interested in, in optimizing your diet, especially when you're on the road, um, this might be helpful to you. So first of all, I've got up here, um, how much potassium do you need per day? So this is from healthline.com. Potassium is essential mineral for health. Going, getting between 3,500 milligrams and 4,700 milligrams a day from tomatoes, spinach, sweet potatoes, and other fruits and vegetables may lower your risk for kidney stones, stroke, and high blood pressure. And then it says below here, potassium is one of the most abundant minerals in your body and plays an essential role in several body processes. Now, I was averaging, even when I was eating as many fruits and vegetables as I possibly could, throughout the day to the point where like I couldn't stuff myself anymore. I was still only averaging about 2000 or 2500 milligrams of potassium. And <clears throat> I honestly started to think, how does anyone possibly eat enough of this stuff to get the recommended daily allowance um, and get the proper functioning of, of the organs and the processes that are associated with potassium. And so as I started doing my research, I realized that Pretty much everyone these days is deficient in potassium. When you go back a couple of hundred years, we were eating between like six to like sometimes even 15 grams of potassium per day, which is way more than what the recommended allowance is today uh, or the recommended intake is today. And yet I still personally can't hit it. So I'm assuming there are lots of other people out there that can't hit it either. So, um, what is potassium? How does it work? Why do we need it? So it's an essential, this is from, uh, this is from Harvard's website, uh, just a brief overview on potassium. It's an essential mineral that is needed by all tissues in the body, sometimes referred to as an electrolyte because it carries a small electrical charge that activates various cell and nerve functions. It's found naturally in many foods and as a supplement. Its main role in the body is to help maintain normal levels of fluid inside our cells. Sodium, its counterpart, maintains normal fluid levels outside of cells. Potassium also helps muscles to contract and supports normal blood pressure. So not only is it very important, but it also helps to maintain your hydration levels and the hydration inside your cells. Potassium and sodium have a very um, symbiotic relationship. Um, and if you, if you uh, have high sodium intake and not enough potassium, you can increase your risk of heart disease um, and increasing your potassium levels actually helps you shed excess, um, excess water, um, 
when you're retaining it from too much sodium. So they kind of work together to balance each other out, uh, but in different ways. The next thing I pulled up, this is from the British Medical Journal, the BMJ, uh, which is one of the most reputable journals on nutrition and health uh, in the world. And this is back from 2001, but it's just a, a clinical review of the beneficial effects of potassium. Uh, and I just wanted to take in some of these summary points here. So, uh, so we have a baseline of really everything that potassium does in our body and why I think we should all be taking more of it. First thing here is that increasing potassium intake lowers your blood pressure in both hypertensive and normotensive people. So if you're someone who has high blood pressure naturally, um, a lot of people as they get older, they get higher blood pressure, or again, if they have uh, a very high salt diet or highly processed diet, um, they tend to have higher blood pressure. So getting more potassium in your diet can help reduce that blood pressure. Um, increasing the potassium intake and reducing your sodium intake are additive in lowering your blood pressure. High potassium intake reduces the risk of stroke and prevents renal, vascular, glomerular, and tubular damage. I uh, can't believe I butchered that word, but I should have practiced it before I started. Uh, increasing potassium intake reduces urinary calcium excretion, which reduces the risk of kidney stones and helps prevent bone demineralization. So again, if you're someone that's older, uh, have weaker bones, osteoporosis, for example, um, potassium can be a really, really good addition to your diet as a supplement to help maintain the mineralization of those bones um, and help um, prevent the excretion of the calcium that you're consuming in all of your dairy and broccoli, etc. Um, as you go throughout the day. Increase in serum potassium concentrations reduces the risk of ventricular arrhythmias in patients with ischemic heart disease, heart failure, and left ventricular hypertrophy. So again, someone with heart disease or poor function of the cardiovascular system, increasing your potassium um, can do wonders for your general cardiovascular health. Uh, and if you're like me and you travel all the time, you're constantly looking at ways to uh, improve your health when you don't have a lot of time necessarily in the day to focus on it, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I spend at least 50% of my nights, if not closer to 75% of my nights on the road. We're in August right now. I think I'm officially, I've had 75 or 76 nights in hotels already this year. Um, and it's just the, the back half of the year is going to be even more intense. And so when you're out in a different area for work, harder to find a good gym, um, harder to get that athletic activity and you want good cardiovascular health, increasing your potassium intake can really, really help um, with that process. And then it says here, the best way to increase potassium intake is to eat more fresh fruit and vegetables. Well, usually it goes without saying that eating more fruits and vegetables is gonna give you a lot of health benefits, not just potassium. Um, but then the next one I wanted to bring up, um, this is from Women's Health and Menopause, and it's just an article about the role of potassium. Um, and uh, what did I want to bring up here? Uh, so I'll just read this paragraph because the, the abstract is pretty, um, pretty eye-opening, I think. So potassium is one of the main blood minerals or electrolytes essential to both cellular and electrical function, which we already discussed. It's the primary positive ion or cation found in the cells where more than 90% of the total body stores of potassium is contained. Along with sodium, potassium regulates the water balance and the acid-base balance in the blood and tissues, and it plays a critical role in the transmission of electrical impulses in the heart. So again, you want good cardiovascular health? Increasing potassium is a great way to help with that. The active transport of potassium into and out of the cells is crucial to cardiovascular and nerve function. When potassium enters the cell, it instigates a sodium-potassium exchange across the cell membrane. In the nerve cells, this generates the electric, electrical potential that allows the conduction of nerve impulses. 
So again, when you're talking about health and wellness, talking about brain function, talking about muscle function, talking about uh, uh, improving your uh, reaction time and things like that, potassium is sort of the main ion that facilitates all of those things. And so it's very important that you have adequate levels in your body. Um, and I think that we can all get more of them. When potassium leaves the cell, it restores repolarization to the cell, which allows the nerve impulse to progress. This electrical potential gradient helps generate muscle contractions and regulates the heartbeat. Normal serum potassium levels, normal serum potassium levels are between 3.6 and 5 millimoles per liter. If the level of total body potassium declines by just 1%, a serious imbalance in the intracellular and extracellular potassium results. And this imbalance alters the electrophysiologic properties of the cell membrane and causes detrimental effects on impulse generation and conduction, excuse me, throughout the heart. So it's absolutely imperative for proper nerve and cardiovascular function that we are getting enough potassium. Now, how do we do that? Where do we get potassium? So this is an article from Healthline um, that is, it's just titled 18 foods that pack more potassium than a banana. I think everybody thinks that bananas are the best source of potassium. Um, I don't know if we all learned that as kids in school or what, but there are better foods than bananas. Um, and it's got a list here. I just wanted to go through them because like a similar episode that I've done, um, uh, on a couple of different nutrients, it's very difficult to eat enough potassium, even if you focus on it. And if you focus solely on getting potassium as a nutrient or all of the other nutrients that you need in adequate levels through food, you're going to way over consume your energy. You'll, you'll be way over your calorie needs for the day very, very quickly. So the first one's avocado. Um, half an avocado has 7%. Uh, if you eat the whole one, you'll get almost 15% of the daily value. Um, so with that math, if you're only even eating avocados, of course, you'd have to eat seven or eight of them a day just to get enough potassium, which is um, obviously next to impossible. Sweet potatoes are a pretty good source. A one cup serving is 16% of the daily value. But again, you'd have to eat seven or eight cups of sweet potatoes to get enough potassium um, or some combination of these. Spinach, a cup of spinach is 12%. Um, a cup of frozen spinach is a lot. And three cups of raw spinach is about 11% of the daily value. Um, if you've seen the cost of groceries these days, three cups of spinach is, you know, going to cost you like 10 bucks. <laughs> so it's, it's not really, it's not really um, practical to be able to eat enough spinach to get your, uh, to get your amount of potassium. Watermelon's a good source as well, but again, under 15% in a couple of wedges of um, of watermelon. Coconut water is pretty good as well. A cup of coconut water contains 13%. I personally don't like coconut water at all. Um, I think it smells and tastes like feet. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't do coconut water, but if it's for you, that's a great way to do it. It's a low calorie way um, to get a lot of electrolytes and, and a lot of potassium. Um, if you mix, if you can mix coconut water in your shakes or just take it in a water bottle throughout the day and, um, and sip on it, that's a great way to get some potassium. But again, going to be very difficult. You're going to have to drink five cups of coconut water just to get your potassium um, for the day, which is a lot. Um, a lot of people don't even drink five cups of water a day. So um, beans are a pretty good source as well. Um, a cup of uh, white beans uh, has 21% of the daily value. Now that's a very high calorie food, of course. So you don't want to be eating beans just for the sake of potassium because you, again, you'll probably overconsume. Your calories for the day. Legumes are pretty good as well. A cup of legumes, fifteen per, or of lentils, sorry, uh, packs fifteen percent of the daily value. Um, 
and all the other ones that are in that family, chickpeas, soybeans, peanuts, all provide good, um, good value as well. Now, when you get into those ones, chickpeas, soybeans, and peanuts, you can get a pretty high calorie content. So you gotta be careful with those. Tomato paste has 10%, th uh, three tablespoons of tomato paste has 10% of the daily value. So if you're someone that likes pasta or putting tomato sauce on your food, um, that can be a good addition as well. Butternut squash, another good one, 12% in a cup. Um, potatoes, 12% in, in a single medium boiled potato, which again is gonna be about a cup. Um, dried apricots, half a cup of those is 16% of your potassium. This is probably the most interesting one that I find, Swiss chard. Um, Swiss chard is, um, it kind of reminds me of kale, but I think it tastes a little bit better. If you haven't had it, it's worth it's worth checking out. You can grind it up into your, or blend it up into your shakes, or you can eat it on your salad. Um, but a cup of Swiss chard is 20% is of the daily value uh, of potassium. And of course, um, tons of vitamin K and tons of vitamin A uh, in it and uh, very low calorie content, mostly water. Um, so it's great. You can, you, you can pretty much eat unlimited amounts of it if you would like. Um, so a Swiss chard is probably the way I would go for diet if you're trying to get all of your potassium from your diet. But again, um, it's, a, it's a very flavorful green and some people don't like it. Um, and again, it's going to be hard to eat Swiss chard on the road if you're traveling all of the time. Um, you can't pack, you know, a grocery bag full of Swiss chard in your carry-on <laughs> to go to a different city. Um, and then we round it out with beets, pomegranate, and then fruit and vegetable juices and fish. Um, as a, um, so a four ounce or five ounce serving of cooked cod provides 12% of the daily value. So there's ways to do it, um, yams, and then it talks about salt substitutes. There's definitely ways to do it. Um, however, it's very, very difficult to eat the right combination of foods, especially when you're traveling to be able to get all of the potassium that you need in a day. So what do I do? Um, I simply buy bags of potassium chloride. So this is just amazon.ca. Um, I'm in Canada, obviously, so these prices are in Canadian dollars, um, but you can get these all around the world, I'm sure, in any, uh, in, uh, in any um, jurisdiction, but at a different, obviously, currency and dollar value. So this is the, the one that I bought about, uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Um, it's just straight potassium chloride, KCL, and it's a pound of it for $29. So um, that will last me, God, that will probably last me six months. Um, I didn't actually do the math, but what I've been doing is in the morning, um, putting half a teaspoon of straight, uh, cal uh, straight potassium chloride in my water with a little bit of salt, um, and, um, my apple cider vinegar. And then I, I like sparkling water. So I grab my soda stream, fill it up. Um, and that's what I take my vitamins with, with about, uh, I don't know, two or so cups of water. Um, and so it's, if you haven't had it, uh, potassium chloride is a lot more bitter than sodium chloride, which is table salt. It doesn't taste like salt. Um, it's got a very bitter taste. So it takes some time to get used to, and some people may not like it um, in the beginning. Um, but that half a teaspoon that I put in my water in the morning gives me, when I did the math, gives me about 2,500 milligrams of potassium right first thing in the morning. So when I looked back at my average diet um, over the past, say, month before I started doing this, I was averaging around 2,000. 2,500 milligrams of potassium from my diet if I really focused on it. So this makes sure that I've got the top up to get me to around five grams or uh, 4,700 milligrams, which is the, the recommended intake uh, before I even start eating for the day. So it just gives me that extra bump um, to make sure that I'm getting the proper levels. And 
just so you know, potassium chloride is kind of the purest form that you can get potassium in. So just like a salt, uh, like a sodium chloride, it will break into straight potassium ions that your body absorbs and then chloride items that, um, that your small bowel absorbs as well. Chloride items are, uh, chloride ions uh, are a big part of your stomach acid um, in general. So you're helping with your gastric juices and digestion when you have any sort of chloride form uh, of food. Uh, and then when I'm talking about going on the road, uh, what I do is I, I mix up like Ziploc bags before I leave to just throw in my carry-on of my um, my shakes for the day, right? So I'll put in um, either a scoop away. My favorite one is whole earth and sea protein and greens, um, which is um, a whole green supplement with mushrooms. It's fermented. And I did a whole episode on that if you want to go back and look. Uh, but I'll do a scoop of that. I'll do a scoop of athletic greens. And then I'll put in my half teaspoon of of potassium chloride into that powder mix um, so that I don't have to carry bottles on the road. I've just got my pre-mixed first meal of the day that gives me about 55 grams of protein plus um, uh, plus all the potassium I need with only about 500 calories um, in my first meal. So then when I get to wherever I'm going, all I need to do is buy a jug of skim milk and a carton of eggs and I mix that up in a shaker, shaker cup raw with my... Uh, with my, my uh, protein powder and potassium in it. And that gives me my first 50 grams of protein for the day um, without too many calories and keeps me going when I can't find anywhere good to eat or any good food on the road. So as always, I hope this episode was helpful. Uh, leave a comment on the YouTube page, follow and subscribe on all your favorite podcasting apps. If this was helpful, go back and check out some of my earlier episodes um, and please share with your friends and family. Let me know episodes that you would like or topics you would like me to cover in episodes. Um, and if you know anyone that you think would be a good guest on this show, that, uh, that travels as much as I do and we can share tips and tricks uh, and do interviews, feel free to send them my way. As always, if you live like me on the road all the time, I hope you're not only surviving, but thriving, even when you're out of your element. Cheers.